Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. It's January 26, 2023. Thank you for listening to the K-12 Education Talk Radio today. we got a good show for you this time with uh, T.J. Heck, Dr. Heck, and uh, Jim Mirabelli, both from Centerpoint Education. We're going to talk about science. We're going to talk about science assessments. We're going to talk about science interim assessments, what that means, how to align them with the curriculum, and use them instructionally. Okay, so it's going to be a pretty good show. All right, I'm looking forward to this with my friends from Center Point Education. All right, so TJ and Jim, hang on for a second. Let me just do a little bit of homework here. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, like we always do, ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in education and we have a lot of stuff over there our magazine which is an online journal called equity and access so if you'd like to subscribe you can see the subscription link over there it's free we'll send you the link every time we send it out we're the only folks focusing exclusively on equity and access in pre-k 12 if you're interested in that we know a lot of people are please we'd love to send you the uh, magazine link each time again it's free all right, and uh, you can click on the magazine anytime over at east-ed.org and just click on the cover, read through the magazine, see if you like it, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? I think you will like it. Okay, we archive our podcasts over there. You'll see the link as well as the links for SEL Today and our new website, which we're really constantly developing and we're going to be working on it hard in the next month or two, and that's all about teacher retention, okay, which we think is a real challenge out there. I think you know that too. And... Um, you know, we're trying to do everything we can in that regard because it really boils down like everything else does to a question of equity, and that's us over at ace-ed.org. So go over there and check it out. And with and everything we do over there is free, by the way. And also now let me bring on my two guest ladies first. Hi, TJ. Good morning. It's Larry here. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me Hi. on the show. I'm fine, by the way. I don't know if you want me to give it, but I love your Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, of course. Miss Dr. Heck. <laughs> Dr. Heck, I'll let other, other people figure that one out. Okay? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's great. T.J. Heck, okay, who's Director of Science Assessments over at Center Point Education. And by the way, T.J., led the, I love this, led the development and implementation for Michigan's Next Generation Science Standards, okay, the NCSS-aligned state uh, summative science assessments. Is that a good way to put it, T.J.? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I worked on Ooh. the state science assessments for Michigan. Well, are you are you a Michigander? I am. I am. Go green. <laughs> Obviously, a Michigan state. I won't get into that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had I said go, had you said go blue, I would have thought differently. Okay, but I won't right. get into that. I won't get into that rivalry. Thank you. Okay, you're, you're no problem. Jim, are you there? I am, Larry. Thanks for having us. No, you're kidding. My pleasure. Where you live? Where are you staying at, Jim? Where are you these days? It looks like you might be in Indiana, but I'm not sure. I was for over 20 years. Went to school there as well, and lived there for over 20 years. But I'm in Illinois now, kind of back home, actually, where my where I grew up. Where are you? I used to live in Chicago. Where are you? Nice. Yeah, I'm just outside. Uh, I, I'm in Park Ridge, in oh, Cross, sure. yeah. Cross, yeah, across the street, and you're in Edison Park, basically. <laughs> I know it well. I absolutely know that. Well, Jim and TJ, welcome to today's show. This is going to be interesting. I like doing science shows here. And uh, this is this is really good stuff. I'm going to touch on the equity 
part two. I'm going to – I guess I'll ask Jim. Jim, just tell us all about – I can read it off the website, but if you want to just tell us all about Centerpoint Education and what you guys do over at centerpointeducation.org. Yeah. If you're yeah, in the mood. You're welcome. <laughs> of course. Thanks so much for asking that. Well, right. you know, yeah. we work – we do a lot of things, right? Um, probably our, our, our sweet spot or where we spend the most time is in designing and developing assessments. Um, and so we work with districts and we worked with states. We were, um, you know, formerly we were Park Incorporated. And so we were, you know, managing the um, Park Consortium, the, the, the assessments there. Um, so, yeah, so our, our, our world is focused on creating high quality um, assessment products, but also we, we do curriculum as well and we get into um, professional learning. Cool, very good. Anything to add to that, TJ? Nope, that sounds that sounds about like center point. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I gotta tell you. Okay, by the way, hello to Laura who's listening or will listen at some point. I know that. And they work with school districts and all that. So please at centerpointeducation.org, everybody. I always like to tell everybody because they'll be interested as we go through the show. I, I said the show is about science, about science assessments, and then about science interim assessments. Okay, and I, well, I don't know, let's do, you can swing with the gym. Well, tell me what we mean by an interim assessment, please, TJ. Yeah, absolutely. So um, interim assessments are um, also sometimes known as benchmark assessments. Um, these are generally scheduled at, like, regular intervals throughout uh, the year in, in school districts. Um, they can be anywhere from two or three or four times a year, depending on, um, how the district chooses to use them. Um, they tend to be a semi-cumulative assessment, so um, they can cover uh, larger chunks of content that the students may have learned um, across the year. And then mm -hmm. um, they can serve several purposes. They can serve purposes uh, to determine whether or not students have retained information and, and apply that information or transfer that information to, to new and unique contexts. They can serve the purpose uh, to predict how students might perform on state tests. Um, and then they can also um, help to track how students' knowledge is growing in sophistication over the course of a school year. So they can serve lots of different purposes. And how does somebody decide who they, what the purpose of the test is? Okay, and I'm asking like a classroom teacher, what's the difference between this and me, as a science teacher, okay, just giving a test and, and, give, and giving the kids a grade as I see it. And I, by the way, I know the answer, but I just want to ask the question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, what, no, that's, yeah, a, that's a wonderful a, question. Me, I know there's a difference, but, uh, but I, I just want everybody to understand that. Okay, please, go ahead. Yeah, it actually all comes down to how the, how the test was designed. So um, any assessment that's uh, designed or provided for students, um, there is a, an intent behind that assessment. And so an interim assessment is specifically designed to do one or more of the things that I've mentioned, uh, okay. whereas, a classroom, whereas a classroom assessment is specifically designed uh, for other purposes. For example, to give formative feedback to teachers in the moment about how students are um, taking up the various pieces of information they're teaching. Okay, so let, let me go over to Jim now. That's great, TJ. Thank you. Okay, so Jim, you're the director of assessment design. 
all right? And let's say you're working with the ABC school district, okay? But what, how does the ABC school district tell you, and how do you, how do you, how do you make that happen? How's the magic happen in the back of a Chinese restaurant? I know you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. you know it's conversations, right? It's it's talking about what what um, what do they want to get from the you know from these interim assessments or whatever assessments it is. So it's having those conversations, and then like TJ said, then it's you know d- designing the assessment to do what um, what what you know, we want to show. And so, you know, we um, we typically, our assessments, we use evidence-centered design, and that's a set of principles that, you know, really allows us to, uh, it helps ensure that our, our, our assessments are valid. That's one of the set of principles that we use when creating our assessments. But, um, you know, one other piece that I think I would maybe throw in there is that often interim assessments can also give us data that will, could lead to, um, informing curriculum um, sorts of um, tweaks, right? It might shed light on yeah. maybe there's a gap in the curriculum. And so whether that be for the current year or for future years ahead, um, that's something that we, you know, we, we, we encourage is looking at those kinds of trends. Um, one other thing that I, maybe I'll mention here too is that when we talk about getting data, right, from these interim assessments, Often, I think um, folks want to look for those gaps, like I was mentioning, right? Like where where are students struggling? Um, where is our curriculum instruction lacking? But I think it's also important to look for the positive trends because, well, one, I don't think we do that enough, right? And I think it's good to celebrate that. Thank you. You're right. Yeah, I mean, the, the really cool thing that uh, – oh, sorry. Yeah, I was – I'll conclude with just saying that the no, cool no, thing you're, is, doing is you're doing great. I was just agreeing with you that we tend to look for the negative, not the positive. And the, the positive is far, far makes us all far happier, doesn't it? I just, it, I just struck me when you said that. That was very insightful. Yeah, absolutely, Larry. And what's what's really cool is when you can share that out then with other teachers or other districts, right? Then hopefully you can see that kind of success replicated. Um, in other in other schools or classrooms or even in other content areas. But had, Jim, since you designed the test, okay, let me ask: How do you measure? Uh, the, not every classroom is the same, okay. Even a, 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 let's just say a ninth grade science class, okay. Uh, not every classroom is the same. Some of the kids do better in science than others. They were assigned that way, okay. However, they're they're doing it. How do you how do you create the test? that a school district can use, and maybe you have to do it school by school, class by class, I don't know, okay? How do you, how do you somehow equalize it all when, 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 when science class A is different from science class B, even though they're in the same class, same grade in the same district? How do yeah, you that's do a that? really, really good question, Larry. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, let me give them maybe a little response sort of in, maybe in general. Yeah. When we think of designing our assessments at CenterPoint, and then I'll let TJ maybe talk to, um, she'll add, she'll fill in all the, the, the holes that I create when it comes to <laughs> science stuff. TJ is our science guru. Um, so, um, but, so, um, as I mentioned, right, when we design our, and develop our assessments, we use principles of evidence-centered design. We also use universal design. And so, the, those two, right, sets of principles or designs are, are really meant to help ensure that the assessments are valid and fair. 
And so valid meaning, right, like that, that, that it's aligned to the standards, which means it's aligned to what kids are learning or should be learning in the classroom, that, you know, the, the questions are, are grade level appropriate, that there's this balance of rigor, um, that there are strong quality checks. It's actually a really important piece is ensuring that there are quality checks along the way to make sure that, mm -hmm. you know, the assessments are, 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 are tight and valid and, and, and accurate. And then on the universal design side of things, it's more about, you know, um, the fairness of the, of the assessment. And is it, yeah. is it free of sensitivity? Is it um, accessible to students, right? Um, one, one other thing, if you uh, give me just a moment on that I want to make sure to mention is that we also thank use you, principles of, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so we also use principles of uh, culturally responsive education when, Good. you know, when designing and developing the assessments. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say we are um, new, to, new to it, but we are certainly learning. I think like most, most people still are yeah. learning in that field, but we've been working on this for maybe three, 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 three years now, three plus years. Um, at any rate, I, what I really love about it is um, something I think that's familiar to most people is the, is the mirrors and windows analogy. And so what I mean by that is when, you know, we aim to create assessments that reflect the diverse cultures of, of students so that they see themselves in the assessment, even, even if it's in this small way, right, when we're talking about assess, an assessment question, um, even if it's in a small way, that's, it still allows them to have that mirror aspect, I would say. And, and, you know, I think that validates um, validates them and celebrates their mm -hmm. background. And, and then that Windows aspect is, you know, allowing the students to see um, through the, you know, through the window and into different mm -hmm. cultures. And, you know, the hope there, right, is that they're, they're building some connections, maybe piquing an interest in something they're not familiar with, and maybe at a minimum, right, just kind of gaining gaining an understanding about um, or awareness about other human beings. Um, so um, all of this, uh, you know, those, those designs that I mentioned, universal design, evidence-centered design, and culturally responsive education, that's, those are all there that and we apply those um, really. The, the big goal, right, is, is to benefit all students um, in their, their, their assessment experience and educational experience. And, you know, Jim, it's funny, we'll go over to TJ in a second, but it, it, it used to be a, a test was a test, and it just it, and you would create a test that it just measured, okay, the curriculum, so to speak, okay? But taking uh, cultural, culturally relevant questioning into consideration, creating a, a test, an assessment, if I may, is a lot harder than it used to be, okay? Because all of a sudden, our eyes were opened. All right, not all of a sudden we kind of knew it, but all of a sudden we're trying to do this, like you said, three years or so. We're trying to make it so that, so that all kids have a chance to, to do the same thing. It's just an interesting thing in the world of assessments, and I think it's, it's a really important, and you said at the beginning we're still learning how to do it. We are. Nobody's a genius in it, but you guys are probably better at it as professional assessment people, okay, creation of assessments, okay, than the typical teacher, okay? And that's why this is important to get the measuring Exactly correct, right, TJ? Talk to me, TJ, about all this equity stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really like all the points that Jim brought up, and um, yeah, I think I think what's really interesting about uh, science, specifically as a content area, is we have this amazing opportunity with 
um, the onset of the next generation science standards and the performance expectations that are um, uh, set in as many states' uh, standards or, or they have um, standards like the NGSS. And what's so neat about it is it requires that students figure out phenomena and solve engineering problems. And what that does for equity is it allows teachers and um, assessment designers to set um, uh, the context of the science in a space that's relatable and um, relevant to students. And so when we have the opportunity to choose these phenomena, to choose these engineering design problems that students are going to wrestle with and, and, and figure out using their science content knowledge, we have this amazing opportunity to level the playing field um, mm -hmm. for students to engage with the science because now it's not just a memorization of a science word or concept. It's actually applying that to their life, to their community, to their um, space and their home. And so you know, um, yeah. science gives us that, that really great opportunity. And those of us who are building assessments have grabbed onto that and are working across shareholders who are representative of, of student populations. Um, we're even pulling students in to help us vet various phenomena and engineering oh, cool. design problems to see if they're that's relevant cool. to them, if kids are interested in it. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. And, you know, you, I wrote this down as you were writing. And, and answer me this. Uh, do we want to measure, and I know you guys are science, but then I'll, you can use any subject you want. Do we want to measure science learning? Okay, do we want to measure social studies learning? Do we want to measure math learning? Or do we want to measure their ability to think it through? Because and I, the reason I say that, okay, there's a difference between the two things. I, I was never very good at math, okay? But I honestly believe that it was, and you, you go birth this up, it was taught to me out of context. Okay, right. I, didn't, I did not understand, okay, and it took me a long time to understand it, that math is logic. And if you understand, if you can think something through, the math becomes clearer. But the teachers weren't teaching it that way. Back when I was in school, we all wore togas, okay, and sandals, and we were fighting the barbarians. <laughs> you know, it's a long time ago, all right? But, you know, it wasn't taught the same way, all right? And we, it has to be in context. And had they told me that this is the way you think something through as opposed to whatever the hell they were trying to teach me, okay, it would have made all the difference in the world. And as you design a test, and an assessment, I'll ask this, TJ, are we measuring the subject matter or do you want to measure the thinking ability, which really does level the playing field, I got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. In, in science, and, and this is a concept that's rather new in, in the science field, um, since the, the inception of the Next Generation Science Standards, yeah. we are trying to measure sense-making, the ability for students yeah. to make yeah. sense of particular phenomenon and figure out what's going on. And in order to do that, students have to bring together their content knowledge, so the, the principles of science, those core ideas. They have to bring together the ways that we figure things out, which we call the practices. So our, am I going to, you know, figure out an investigation and do I need to write an explanation about this? How, how would I go about figuring this out? And then we also have these cross-cutting concepts, which are really cool principles 
that cut across all sorts of different science content from, from ideas around like picking up on patterns, deciding what cause and effect is playing a role in the particular phenomenon. And so when students have those tools and we're using those together to make sense of these phenomenon, that's what we are assessing in students. And that's why building out these new science assessments, whether they're interim or state or, or classroom level, it's, it's definitely a different list than what the assessment community is, is used to. And, you know, I'm going to ask you a funny question. I'll, I'll start it this way. When we had to develop scientists, how to develop a COVID vaccine, okay, nobody said to them, we need to develop a COVID vaccine. Everybody clear your desk. Okay. Right. Now, we told them to use all, we told them to use all the information that they that they knew of to create and again a good example of COVID vaccine. All right. So yeah. when we're measuring kids, when you think about this, and Jim, you think about this too, when we are trying to measure kids' ability, okay, do and here's the phrase from when I was a kid. Do we are, are these tests you design them as being closed book or open book, which is a funny way to say that. Go ahead. I'll just ask that question. I'll ask TJ that one. Yeah. How's it work? No, I think yeah. that's that's a great that question. A dumb question. And I that's not a dumb question. No, not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stephen Pruitt, one of the, the founders of NGSS, essentially said, if it's Googleable, it shouldn't be on my <laughs> assessment. Then, so so yeah. we don't we want these to be as you would call them open book assessments. We want kids yeah. to be able to look at these phenomenon and pull from their knowledge both in school and out of school knowledge that they've learned. You might have students who are really interested, you know, and active in their local museums or in their local engineering clubs or in, you know, in their local farm community. We want that knowledge brought into the assessment so that they can relate their lives to the thing that they're trying to figure out on their science test. And I'm so glad you said farming because farming these days is science, period, end of discussion. Absolutely. On that one. Absolutely it is, agricultural science. It, it, it's just amazing. Jim, what, is there a word these days for a quick, I used it, an open book test? How do you, what do you call your assessment if it's, what do you do, Jim? Is it yeah. still open book? How's it work? Um, well, so I think there are pieces, right, that, and I, I agree with what TJ was saying um, yeah. about, you know, the Googleable thing, right? If you can search it, then, you know, maybe it's not worth being on the assessment. Uh, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I, when I, I guess, liken it to like a math, right, or math assessments, I would say things like memorizing formulas is no longer really that's not something that we expect kids to 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 do right it's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense in having them memorize a, a whole list of formulas and you know the same would be true like with a calculator right like there yeah, where were you when i was in school yeah yeah i mean you yeah. there's some things we want the student to have a calculator right like we do want um, students to be proficient in in things like you know fluency kind of standards um, basic arithmetic and stuff, but um, but certainly, right? You don't want you don't want um, calculations like having students do calculations to get in the way of them, you know, showing their reasoning, right? Like of being able to reason right. through a problem or model with a problem, right? Because those are the things I really liked. What when TJ was talking about the sense making, and Larry, you were talking about this 
um, you know, how you learned math, right? Well, we're, I think we're, we're, we're still moving, right? We're still, we've been working at trying to move away from the way that you and I learned math growing up and more to um, math in context and not math, just learning in context and things like sense making and critical thinking, because that really helps the person, right, overall in life. Absolutely. And by the way, it also helps the economy, I might add, and everything else they're going to do in life. It, 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 it's, it's, For sure. We're teaching them common sense. I mean, and we got the assessments have to reflect that. Okay. So on that note, okay, and maybe I don't know if you guys know this, okay, but, but when teachers are taught how to do a test when they're in education school, okay, it has, has, has the way to, they're being taught to assess kids really changed? You see a difference between the classic, the classical classroom tests, and ones that well, Centerpoint would make up for a district. Okay, how are we doing on all this, TJ? TJ, what's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I would say, um, you know, this is an area that I've worked with um, my local universities and some others. You know, when it comes to teacher preparation would around State, would that be Michigan State, TJ? Would that be Michigan State? Yeah, that's that's, well, that yeah Michigan State. Do too. I know? That, right, thank you. You're these welcome. These have, yeah, <laughs> these have. You know, we have got some amazing teacher preparation programs um, throughout the U.S., and they're doing such a phenomenal job of, of preparing our teachers. But I will say, because of the time allotted for these programs and all of the things that these this you know, pre-service teachers need to know, assessment isn't often a focus of that. Um, if they're lucky, you know, teachers will maybe take one or two assessment classes throughout their entire preparation program. And what is more common now is that um, teacher preparation providers are teaching teachers how to um, critically review uh, assessments that are put out by providers like us. And so that they're able to look at those assessments, determine whether or not they are doing and assessing their students the way they want them to, and then making adjustments or making choices based on um, those criteria. So I think that assessment has changed. I'm not sure that teacher preparation providers have the opportunity to really get into that deeply when it comes to um, you know, preparing our teachers. Yeah, and, and we have to really think about that a lot. Jim, I have a question for you. You're, you're the director of at Centerpoint of Assessment, Design, and Development. And today we're talking about science, but we could just easily be talking about math or social studies or English language arts, and you'd still be on the program, okay? Because I arranged this through Laura, et cetera, and Sonia. So my question is, okay, how do you, well, how do you learn to do this across the board, Jim? Is it hard? <laughs> That's a great question. Anybody, let me ask it another way, Jim. Can anybody do this? You know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. The way you do it is you get really smart people to be uh, working with you. And that's what we have at Centerpoint. We have awesome, you know, TJ is so awesome uh, in the science realm, right? My, She's my background. State grad. What else could she be but awesome? Yeah, good. <laughs> no, blue people. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so no, honestly, it's, it's right. It's, it's the fact that we have really smart people in, in all of those areas, right? With, English and language arts, with mathematics, with science. Um, so uh, we have really good people that um, that that work at Centerpoint, and you know oh, we, yeah. we work collaboratively. 
put out good products. Yeah, you do. You do indeed. And but and thank you, Jim. And my my, my other question, at least CJ, this CJ, this is my wife's nickname, TJ. Okay, TJ. <laughs> okay, it is CJ. All right. I'm sorry, I'm used to that. Okay. I, I wrote this down before, and it was, it's interesting. When when you design an assessment, and when you talk to a school district, etc., do they want to look? Do they use the assessment assessment to measure the past? Or do they want to use it more to know what they need to do going forward? Okay, how's the test balanced in that regard? Are we measuring what they know or are we measuring how we move forward on this? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question. I think that um, a lot of that depends on, um, you know, for what purpose the the school wants to use it. But oftentimes, uh, schools look to a single assessment to do many things. And so a school will often say, well, we want to see what the students know, and we want to see what we need to do next. And so this is where that instructionally relevant piece of the interim assessment design and and other assessment designs come in. We want to ensure that not only is the assessment able to say, okay, students are able to do, you know, this particular set of things or able to make sense of these particular types of phenomenon, given uh, you know a specific um, set of scaffolds that that are they're using, but we also want teachers to be able to look at that data, find patterns in that data, and say, all right, well our students are doing really well in these areas. These are where their assets are. We want to focus on their assets and then use those assets to help us move forward instruction in in um, equitable ways. So we want to say. For example, if our students are doing really well in modeling and they can model these, um, you know, complex scientific phenomenon, then we want to leverage their skills in modeling to help us inform how we might move that into perhaps, you know, more scientific explanations and being able to craft those scientific explanations about other types of phenomenon. So it's really about seeing the patterns in the data, understanding what assets our students have, and leveraging those assets to move forward in our instruction. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's a lot more detailed. This is why I think it's so important to talk to CenterPoint, okay, you guys and other companies like yours, because too often we take assessments as what we're doing in the classroom, and it has to measure more than what we're doing, okay? And, and most teachers, I say we, we're not that well, we're trained in it, but we're not deeply trained in it, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it we learned from experience, et cetera, but that's why we need others to help us along. And what Jim was saying with the culturally, culturally relative, relevant, it's, it's, it's so important these days, all right? And you guys are just doing a great job, so I thank you very much. Okay, you're both terrific. Thank you, TJ. Go Spartans. Thank you. Go Green. You're go welcome. White. There you go. <laughs> okay. And Jim, I don't mean to – where did you go to college, Jim? Assuming you did, I – Obviously, Indiana University. Yeah, Indiana University. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I heard of it. She's never heard of that big red. (laughs) Come on, the (laughs) losers. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, good enough. Rivals here. I don't know why they get along so well. TJ and Jim. All right, unbelievable. All right, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much, both of you. This was this is a lot of fun. This is great. I learned a lot. So did the audience. So. Thank you, TJ, and thank you, Jim. Thank you, Larry. Be good, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay.
T.J. Heck, Dr. Dr. Heck, okay, and uh, Jim Mirabelli, both from Centerpoint Education at centerpointeducation.org. And this is cool stuff. And they do professional learning. They do assessments. They do curriculum work. It's a good company, okay? So please check it out. You do a good website here, too, all right? They really are. They've been on the show a number of times. You're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org. Everything we do is over there, and everything we do is free for you, America's educators. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.